Hello, Galeras. Welcome to the Painter Files podcast. I'm your host, Jaws Blake, as you well know. <laughs> I believe today is 138. Wow. <laughs> we just keep going with this. This is great. I'm so happy that all of us have been on this journey for so long. This is uh, an interesting aspect. For those who are new to the podcast, uh, it's about being a painter, about lessons learned, tribulations, overall feelings, and how life goes sometimes. So enjoy the ride of the uh, intrepid traveler. Oh boy. All right. So this is probably going to come out as a rant. <laughs> it's it's just life. Uh, I put my glasses on for this. That's right. It's a it's an audio podcast with no visual medium, and yet the glasses are going on. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, this is all hard. It's all just very hard. It's been a very hard year and kind of a rough existence. I wish I had some solution to kind of help with stress and fatigue and hunger and all these things. It's one of those kind of odd, shameful aspects about life where I have been struggling, honestly. I have been struggling. Financially, I've been struggling. Emotionally, I've been struggling. Mentally, I've been struggling. Um, it's just all been very, very hard. There is no, there has been no point since finding out that they were going to try and price us out of our home that it hasn't been an uphill struggle since that moment. Uh, it's stressful on my life. It's stressful for my wife, which makes it stressful for my marriage, which makes it stressful for my, just my existence, honestly, even as a painter. Like, to focus and find these things has been really hard, which is great on the aspect of, like, when I get commissions, it gives me something I have to focus on other than what's currently going on. And it's just, it's just rough. I mean, this week they're going to rip up all the carpet and put in new carpet and they're going to move all the furniture and do all these things. And that's going to be that, like the one step closer to the studio being gone and me no longer having a personal space to work in. Uh, then job has, has decided to uh be open earlier and stay open later which is good i put out an offering for my ancestors and i asked could you help me please i need to make more money because i don't make enough money i need to be more focused on my work as an artist so that came about as far as professionalism goes but in asking that i did not realize what i was asking for and so the blessing is a curse is a blessing type of thing. I So I no longer have mornings to work on art. So all the recordings and the editing and like the little notes and stuff like that, that is over. Um, so now it's just nights. And then with that, I have to, you know, balance my life. Being a husband, being a cat dad, being a, a human being, all these things. And my fans appreciate that I'm I'm here doing all these things. And it's it's very difficult sometimes. 
I have to take kind of little moments out of what's going on in my life to then just try to focus and get these things going. And I desperately hope that my patrons um, don't feel neglected in the process of me trying to balance everything that's going on. Like I, I'd love to just do that for them, but I can't because I have to do all the rest of this stuff. <sighs> Life's kind of shit, to be honest. I've been trying not to cuss on this. My mom came at me about it and she was like, you know, you want to have sponsors, you want to have this stuff, you want to do that, but you cuss. And so it's hard for people to probably process that, which I I disagree on, but she's my mom. I listen to her sometimes um, about some of the stuff. So I've tried not to. Uh, and in that, I feel like I'm holding back a lot. <laughs> it's it's a definitely a big part of my vernacular is the word fuck shit and fuck you type of thing. And so it's difficult to pull back from that. And I feel bad because I have young listeners and they listen to this stuff. And I don't mean to be disrespectful to them either. But sometimes life... Ugh, don't quote me on this. (laughs) Sometimes you need to just let all that out. To just... A good curse word sometimes is just chef's kiss. Ah. Apropos for the time. So you have to kind of just let it out. I think some of the most dangerous things you can do is just not find a way to express yourself properly. And self-expression, I feel, is like one of those giant things that like it's, it's, it's murderous to not have, to not feel, to not, ha- to not explore, to not let out and so fuck you know <laughs> all right i'm not trying to cuss anymore for this podcast i promise um yeah uh i'm trying to keep my plants alive that is working slash the cats are menaces and so that is difficult sometimes they're all green so i figure that's a good sign they bud and they do all that stuff so i can't feel like it's not working properly on that aspect. I woke up this morning and I had no hot water. So the office manager who should be fired because um, she does a horrible job um, is out of town for a week. And so I'm imagining all of these complaints about not having hot water and all these things are probably just going to fall on deaf ears and we may not have hot water for like two weeks. Um, and that is miserable, deeply, deeply miserable. Uh, I like, it's, I mean, it's, it's a warmer spring. It's becoming a warm spring, but it's not there yet. And so the idea of taking an ice cold bath is awful. And I mean, I used to take cold showers to just kind of get myself in the, in the mood that I needed to get in, but it's not enjoyable. (laughs) It can be kind of treacherous and awful in a lot of ways. And so, I don't know. I don't know. These are all kind of things. Like, it's weird. I remember growing up and, like, people saying, you're going to be a starving artist. You're going to take cold showers. You're going to drink a lot of coffee. You're probably going to be an alcoholic. You're probably going to have a drug problem. Um, Most of your relationships aren't going to work out. And you're going to die penniless and alone. (laughs) I have not... Had all those things happen. (laughs) Some of those things have been true. Uh, Sadly enough, some of those things have been true. Not all of them. Not even most of them. 
but some of those things have been true. Um, it's hard. I mean, it's hard to go against that grain. You know, you, you're told constantly, you know, you're going to be like Basquiat. You're going to be like Pollock. You're going to die drunk driving in a car accident or going to some crazy art thing in the middle of the night or whatever. It's difficult. It's really, really difficult because it's so easy to listen to that voice just tapping on your head, on their skull, telling you these things are going to happen and they are inevitable and they are difficult and they are wild and you are wild and you are difficult and you are pestersome and so on and so forth. When all I want really is just have big paint brushes, a lot of paint and big canvases. Like that's, <laughs> it's weird. It's a weird transition. Uh, it's a, it's a weird juxtapose, I guess. Yeah. Juxtapose is a better word. Mm. It's just, you want it to be this beautiful, like bohemian existence. Where you all live together and make art and have parties and make food and sell work and do all these things. And it's a community that builds and pays on itself and so on and so forth. But in actuality, um, that could be a thing. But in most likely aspects, you will probably have a hard time finding artists that want to do things collectively. It is not as... Uh, likely a thing is always as possible. Uh, a lot of artists like to just be alone. I mean, I'm one of those people. Um, you have to figure out a way to get out of that, to push past those moments where the stereotype is not defining you. It can reflect you on occasions, but it is not defining you. You are not becoming the stereotype. The stereotype is made about things that you do that people say in ways that are meant to be offensive, but they don't have to be. So, yeah. I keep looking at this tape deck, this wash, this uh, wasabi tape deck I have that I bought off the internet. Or a Michaels. It's probably off of Michaels. And it's from Halloween. And it's a skeleton, a white skeleton on black tape. And when you rip it, it rips the skeleton basically in half. Lots and lots of little skeletons. That's what artists feels like. <laughs> you are this full thing that someone sees. And as you are used, as, it, as you use your, your artistic talent, sometimes pieces of you get ripped off. You got to keep going. So, Galeras, uh, a check-in on the art stuff, I guess, is kind of the best way to start off. I've had a bunch of commissions brought to me recently. I'm excited about those. Those are really great. Uh, I didn't expect to have such a a uh, fortunate fall, spring, spring, uh, drink some water, by the way, but I did. I feel very lucky on that aspect that my spring has had so many people come out and they want me to do commissions and do all these things. And I'm, I'm excited to do them and I'm going to do them, but I'm a little nervous because 
I deal with a lot of kind of what's the word? I deal with a lot of kind of things where like my art is very honest about how I am as a person. And sometimes I don't feel very happy. I feel unloved. I feel uh, left behind. I feel silly or stupid or any of those things. And I'm worried that will kind of bleed into the work that I'm making, which is crazy because it shouldn't be. Um, It shouldn't happen that way. I should be able to just feel confident. These people come to me and they ask for all these great things and me to do all this good stuff. And I, I feel like I could really honestly like shine in this situation and I feel like in a lot of ways I am but there is inevitably a large part of me that is very afraid of just being crap I guess (laughs) failing or or flaking or anything of that nature so I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to get past that I want to be better than I was 20 years ago when I would say I was going to do something and I'd work towards it and I'd want to kind of move forward and everything would be this kind of this whirlwind of emotion where I was overly intense about everything and so I wanted to be reflective of my passion but my passion was just so chaotic I feel like at 40 now I've got a better grip and a better grip and like a better focus on how I work like I write things out and I do things and I I make it a point to stay on task and I write down all my ideas and I put them in books and I I just do everything constantly 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 and I'm hoping in a large way that like this is more along the lines of what I'm going to work towards and how I'm going to work harder and just lose myself in the creative process. I love when like those ideas hit you in the middle of your forehead and then it's just a highway going through your mind everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. Like a whole universe living inside behind your eyes, just powerfully over indulging on all these things. Like I don't want to overdose on all the things going on, but like I want to feel, I want to feel that drug that adrenaline, that focus. And sometimes like that's really scary. Like it's, it's scary to hear that because I know what it's like to overly take in these deep, deep, deep kind of emotions and and feelings towards these things because it's so easy to just get so lost in the romance of it that the actual like work that has to be put into it and the layering and the everything else seems to kind of go and come about and do these things that it's it's so hard to be such a passionate person who makes art and not feel like you're overdoing it and that you know you're exhausting to other people <laughs> because you're so passionate about things and yeah i mean and then there's also the other aspect that like occasionally i get like spiteful about it like somebody will ask me for something while i'm working on something else and i get just aggravated and that's it's it's silly because like i know that the reason they're coming to me is they think that what i they think i have like good advice and choices and all that stuff I take my hair down my neck hurts um and so 
it's just so much easier to it's just so much easier to just become overly attentive about all these things all these tiny little details tiny little pieces and parts and and grabbing and pulling and doing and everything and so i don't know what to do next i just don't i'd love to say that i'm in some way focused better on what i'm working on and i guess in a lot of ways i am but there's also that other aspect that i am i'm making it overly complicated more water I don't know I feel like I feel like I have a color palette I feel like I have like a mindset I feel like I'm working towards a better me and a better artistic society like I'm trying to make all these things happen and be focused on them but on the other aspect I'm worried like I said that I'm just being obnoxious (laughs) and I'm still that kid who's like so much so much talk about all these things but isn't actually doing all of them and i realized like you know that may just be me trying to talk myself out of these things so what do we do where do we go what's next how do these steps lead to the next step how do these years flow into one another and become stronger and better and faster and and tougher and lighter and eternal I don't know I do not know I think this is why I have like things like a Nintendo Switch so that I can just like stop myself (laughs) like grab myself and shake myself and stop myself from just being this like crazy person who can't focus on anything or focus on too many things at once, I think is probably more the issue. It's the ultimate fear of like, I want to make lots of things, but that behind me is the last sheet of paper I have that is that size. And so I'm like, I need to buy more paper so that, because I'm going to run out of paper. So I can't use this piece because if I use this piece, then I have none of that size. But meanwhile, on this size of me on my right side I've got these huge sheets of paper that I could just cut and then beside that are all these multiple sized sketch pads and ink blocks and watercolor blocks and all these other things to kind of get it going Um, and so I am in no way shape or form short on paper but the fear of being short on paper is crippling It's just madness. It's outright madness. And not in the good way, like the way I like. But I just want to make something beautiful and special and feel that way about it after I've made it, I think is probably the big thing. I think a lot of times I've made artworks and they've been really great and I've loved them and I've loved making them and I've indulged in them and I've enjoyed them. And then a couple of weeks later, I'm, I'm done with them. And I, I need that, that feeling, that fix all over again. And that can be kind of difficult, honestly. You're not really guaranteed that you're going to feel that way every single time. 
that all these things are going to be so drastically and strongly a part of one another. So I feel a little fearful sometimes that my, my eyes are bigger than my, my stomach, so to speak. Like, where am I, where am I looming? Where am I, where am I driving? Where am I directing myself towards? Who am I? Am I El Tentor? Am I Jay Painter? Am I Joara Blake? Am I Zhao? <laughs> am I Jay Blake? I'm not John, I know that. Um, I'm not Kwesi. Am I La Gama? I feel like these are so many questions, so many choices. I want to be, I want to be this strong, amazing artist. And I feel in a lot of ways I am, but I, I hate that I can't see it. I hate that I feel so blind to the factor that like, I am all these things already. And I have been for decades. I'm just trying to hold fast so that I don't lose myself in the process of searching for them. So, it would be really, 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 really cool if you joined my Patreon. A couple people have joined recently. And it's made like a huge, it sounds like this is like a recording, <laughs> like my advertisement for for um, Anchor. Um, it would just be really cool if you would join, honestly. Uh, it's given me the ability to do a lot of really cool things, make a lot of really great art, make new recordings, buy new mics, buy space to do things. Uh, when I When we move, I mean, it'll probably be one of the things that actually helps me just kind of get padding and stuff that I can put in maybe like a closet or something so that I can record a little better. Um, yeah, and just stuff like that, basically. So if you could join, that would be cool. Um, it's Joara Blake. And, yeah, Patreon. Just uh, the link will be in the bio. I got lots of cool stuff and features that are only for, only for Patreon. So we're going to tell Patreon. <laughs> so we're going to tell a painter and file story. Um, a nice art school story. I haven't told one of these in about a week. So I, I wasn't sure exactly what I was going to be when I went to art school. Like I had this idea that I wanted to be an artist. And I thought maybe I wanted to be a comic book artist. But I... I wasn't, I won't say I wasn't good enough, but I definitely, there were things I needed to work on that at the time I wasn't prepared to work on. I was pretty good with anatomy. I was pretty good with perspective. I was not so great with, uh, with backgrounds. So I had to learn how to do all that stuff. I really didn't like it. I hated it a lot, actually. I think that's possibly why I do like my abstract stuff. I do so much. Because I'm not a huge fan of it. I never have been. I'm not impressed. I don't find it intriguing or... I find it skillful. I find landscapes to be very skillful. But 
Yeah, I just didn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't see it. Like when I look at a painting, when I look at a canvas, and I have a painting in my mind, I can see the full painting. I can see parts and pieces on how it's supposed to look. And when I think of landscapes, my mind just goes blank. It is not a part of me. It's almost kind of like when uh, I see portrait realism. Like when I paint, I don't, I don't, I don't run towards that. So I don't see that when I paint. It can be kind of a... a little strange, honestly, to try and put yourself in such a place where you can make some artwork and it will grab you and just envelop you in all these things. It's just hard. I don't know. I've never I've never been that guy. I can see a lot of interesting, like little kind of concepts when I take photos. I can see concepts when I paint things. I can even see concepts when I think about doing those things. Not so much with landscapes. And I remember sitting for extremely long periods of times in classes where we had to paint still lives and all these things. I remember this one time, like my first art school class was this, it was just Art 101, actually. Art 101. And this is with the professor that told us, you know, her grandchild, who was nine, was a better artist than we were. Yeah, that type of encouragement and nourishment. Um, and yeah, I just remember meeting, like, all these artists, all these cool, interesting kind of artists who were just much better at visualizing and then to going from mind to hand with their artwork. It was one of those kind of interesting aspects of all these things. I remember later while meeting with a guidance counselor who was a kind of a Hawaiian shirt, uh, round glasses, pompadour, old man. He kept telling me I needed to go work for like heavy metal or I needed to go work for Playboy and do like the comic strips and stuff like that. He said I, he thought I was going to be really great at that. He could tell by the, my charisma that that's what I was going to do and stuff like that. I never did, but it was just kind of interesting that like, that's the direction he thought I was going to go. I wanted to do like artwork for skateboards and snowboards and well, not really snowboards, surfboards and stickers and stuff like that. And I wanted to go work for thrasher punk rock and all that stuff. It had never occurred to me in a million years to want to go work for playboy I think I was too awkward of a young man at the time, too shy of a young man at the time, to buy a Playboy to see what the comics he was even referring to were. I remember later on in life, like, seeing them and going, oh, like, innuendo comics, comic strips. It was kind of interesting. It reminded me of kind of like an adult, more adult version of, like, Mad Magazine for those who've never seen a comic strip from Playboy. Um, and then, yeah, heavy metal was just wild, like metal death, sex, cartoon type of stuff. I was, I, I eventually got into that because I thought like uh, a friend of mine played Magic the Gathering 
and those cards were very similar. The artwork for the cards was very similar to kind of the stuff that would be in heavy metal and the stuff that would be on like the, I don't want to say Elden Ring, but whatever those things were called back in the day of um, those little kind of D&D-esque type uh, novels. Elves and dwarves and stuff, dragons and stuff like that. Like, it was just cool. It was really, really cool to just kind of see that. And I remember later on seeing, like, a lot of, like, French posters from, like, the 50s and going, like, oh, man, that's so sexy. Those are so cool. And I wanted to do all those, too. Didn't do those either. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Like, you you have this idea of, like, what you want to do when you're younger, and then you go farther into it, and you realize, like, maybe I'll be a book illustrator. And you're like, mm, no, nah, that's not really my thing either. Maybe I'll be, like, a comic book artist. Maybe I'll be a illustrator, like a little drawing type of person. I never really imagined I was going to be a painter. I had been a painter, but I never thought that's what I was going to really follow through with what I was going to try and go for and it was surprising to me how much when I started to do it it just kind of grabbed hold of me like the ink got into my bloodstream and hooked in with its claws and just pulled me into the canvas like a Hellraiser movie and it was just this amazing incredible feeling I liked the smell I liked the sound I liked priming them with gesso I liked painting them I liked waiting for them to dry so I could do more layers and more textures just all of it all of it grabbed me Dali Frida Kahlo um, it's fun when you Pollock it took me a while to get into Pollock uh, I didn't understand it at first it took me a while to get into Basquiat because I was so oftentimes so much compared to Basquiat, which was funny because we didn't paint alike, but I guess because we kind of looked alike in a way. Like, we both have brown skin. We both have dreadlocks, kind of the same build, Afro-Latino guys. Uh, but we didn't paint anything alike. I mean, still to this day, I don't think we really paint alike, but I see the similarities in how people see parts of our work. They're definitely, like, little bits and pieces that kind of adopt into those ways so it's always been interesting to me how it came about how my love for art came about how all these kind of emotions and moments kind of shifted and turned into what they turned into how I became a little more abstract a little more surreal a little more me my love for ink I think the funny thing about the ink stuff was I remember doing these studies in art school where they made us do these gray studies. I hated gray studies so much where you were basically just diluting your ink to make little swatches till you made it almost white. From the darkest dark to the whitest, to the grayest gray to the whitest white. And I remember all those and just going like, I hate these so much. These are so stupid. <laughs> and now, like, you know, the idea of doing all these things and mastering these different shades and whatnot via a 
a you know tomato glass tomato juice glass or a tomato sauce glass there you go reused with water in different temperatures of water in order to get different types of uh washes done as far as like the color coming off to get like a lighter gray to a darker gray to so on and so forth with cold to make it darker with 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 warm to make it darker to make it lighter sorry and it was just very interesting how all these techniques came from even just like the ability to take a round brush while you're painting something and just kind of roll it in your fingers a little bit like a cigar to make a line a little more crisp to make to when you press a brush, the pressure control on moving back and forth with your elbow and your shoulder. It's probably why my shoulders are so messed up now, honestly. I've been using them so hard for the last 20 years. And it was just, you learn so much in the time span of just growing older. And, I mean, a lot of it started from high school. But then eventually, art school really kind of grabbed me. I remember my professor's water break I remember my high school teacher said if I were known you, if I had known you wanted to go to art school I would have put you in more art classes <laughs> I thought you just didn't have an idea what you wanted to do I thought you were going to just become like a mechanic and I was like yeah I don't know where that came from and you know oddly enough I'm both but it was just kind of interesting I I was so close to the chest on holding where I wanted to do what I wanted to do and where I wanted to go that I I missed out on some of those opportunities. So my advice to young artists from all this talking that I've done in this story is if you want to be an artist, tell people like just tell people, let people know to the point where it's, it's obnoxious. Let people know there's a lot of opportunities that can come from it. You might meet people like me who might help you. You might meet people like Charles Roberts, who helped me, or my funny little redhead art teacher in high school, or the grumpier, not-so-happy <laughs> art teacher that I also had, who said that to me, actually. You know, if I had known, I would have put you in all these classes. I was like, I just, I didn't know, so I couldn't tell you. It's a leap of faith. <sighs> Let's do a little meditation, should we? Shall we? I think we should. I think we shall. I want to find peace in my own moments, but also in ones for you. So we're going to put our hands facing up on our laps. Focus on your breathing. I want you to take all your frustrations and all your, just your energies, your extra energies, good, bad, doesn't matter, the overwhelmings. 
I want you to put them in your hands. Now they're huge, twice the size of you. Just so big, like giant rocks, like an iceberg. I want you to shrink them down, compress them, compress them, compress them. So they're nothing more than little marbles sitting in the palms of your hands. I want you to lift them up over your head with your hands closed. I want you to turn your hands so they're pointing down while they're up in the air. And then I want you to release your fingers and let that all just fall down to the ground. And just let it go. That's how light your shoulders feel now. How light your back feels. How light your head. Your whole being. Someone told me once that a lot of this is basically just energy. It's not good. It's not bad. It's just energy. And when you let it go, it goes back into being energy again. It doesn't cease to exist, nor does it begin to exist more. It is a release that allows you to just let yourself be you outside of those things. Wanna try one more time. Palms up in your lap. Breathe in. I want you to imagine your worst memory. That thing that wakes you up at night. That moment of what you wish you could have said the opposite thing that you said or didn't say when something happened. That moment of, oh man, if I had another chance, I'd go back and I'd just change everything. Just take all that. It's huge. It's a glacier. Shrink it down. Shrink it down. Lift your hands up. Turn them so their palms down. And let it go. Let it become part of the energy of the world again. No longer something you have to just carry with you. Rub your hands together. Wipe them off. Make them clean. I love you, Galeras. So that's the end of the show. Honestly, <laughs> I think it turned out pretty well, actually. It was a good episode. Um, if you'd like to support the podcast, please go and leave a like or subscribe or five stars or a great compliment, as it were, wherever you listen to the podcast. Uh, I'd love to thank my sponsors and also my friends, uh, Artisan Wellness with Natararu. Great products. Please go check them out. Good for your soul. Uh, Yasutomi Inc., my boys, my girls, my bests, uh, great ink, amazing ink, some of the best in the world, good brushes, 
great brushes, some of the best in the world. Love, love, love their watercolors. Love their paper. Always had my back. So happy to just be associated with them. Please give them some love. Uh, you can find them at a lot of art stores, actually. So go check it out. Also, please go check out the YouTube. I could use more subscribers on that. That would be amazing. Uh, Painter Files. I'm just there. <laughs> um, I've been making a lot of little videos as well as long videos. I'd love to share them with you, but you have to go look at them first. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. I can't think of anything else. Um, please support the Patreon. And other than that, I think we're good. I love you guys. I love you, my Galeras. You are amazing. You are wonderful. And I just appreciate you. So until next week, have a great one. Love you. Painter out. Ciao.